Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. It's day 18 of the Ramadan series on emotions, and today we are looking at our 17th emotion from the book, A Handbook of Spiritual Medicine by Ibn Dawood. So, Bismillah. In Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, and Astainuhu, and Astaghfiruhu, when I would have been lahim and Shururi and Fusina, and say, Ati Amalina, Mania di lahu fella mudd lahu, woman yudlil fella hadiela. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الحمد لله Indeed all praise is due to Allah We praise him and seek his help and forgiveness We seek refuge in Allah from our soul's evils and our wrongdoings He whom Allah guides, no one can misguide And he whom he misguides, no one can guide So Bismillah, as I said, we're reflecting on the 17th emotion in the book Which is love of the world so as always, I'll read from the book and give my own reflections. So, love of the world, hub dunya. Any concept, thing, or person that provides benefit in the hereafter is worthy of attachment in this early earthly life. Indeed, love of the world is praised if it leads to spiritual elevation and healing of the heart, or if attaining wealth and position are for the benefit of the needy. Anything that is obtained from the necessities of living on earth, food, housing, shelter, and the like, is beneficial, and is not considered worldly per se. However, what scholars have traditionally warned against, with regard to attaining wealth, is the danger of transgression. The more wealth one acquires, the higher the probability one will become preoccupied with other than Allah. Isa is reported to have said, love of this world is the root of all evil. It is the action of clinging to the world's glittering distractions, paying excessive attention to the things that benefit the lower self, that tie somebody to blameworthy love of the world. The manifestation of this misdirected love includes greediness and arrogance, as well as burdening and depending on others with your needs. The compulsion is a desire for provision in this world only, and the salvation in the next world is dismissed in some measure. Attaining prohibited wealth and power for power's sake is normalized by the individual sufferer. Finally, it is worth remarking that love of wealth, hubb al-mal, is undoubtedly a branch of hubb al-dunya. Allah says, Indeed, those who do not expect to meet us, being pleased and content with this worldly life, and who are heedless of our signs, they will have the fire as a home because of what they have committed. The Prophet ﷺ said, Two hungry wolves let loose in a flock of sheep do not cause as much harm as the harm to a man's religion wrought by his desire for wealth and fame. The Prophet ﷺ also said, Whoever makes the hereafter his goal, Allah makes his heart rich and organizes his affairs. And the world comes to him, whether it wants to or not. And whoever makes the world his goal, Allah puts his poverty right before his eyes and disorganizes his affairs. And the world does not come to him except what has been decreed for him. And the Prophet also said, If the son of Adam had two valleys of money, he would wish for a third. For nothing can fill the mouth of the son of Adam except dust. Love of the world falls under five categories of classical legal rulings. Obligatory wajib, recommended mandub, permissible mubah, reprehensible makruh, or forbidden haram. And so, depending on the intentions and what you, why you're loving a certain thing, it goes from compulsory to haram. Now, some signs and symptoms of love of the world is forgetfulness. So, 
everything you've acquired in this world and all this love that you have for material things, it leads you to forget Allah. And it leads you to forget that there's this hereafter that we're working for to be able to be granted Jannah. And so you have this forgetfulness. Another sign is disingenuousness. So you praise others, but if they're worthy of it or not, it doesn't matter to you. You just simply do it because you want something from them. Or even you get credit where credit is due to other people and you just let people praise you for it. And another sign and symptom is prying and eavesdropping. So you busy yourself with that which does not concern you. You're just so intrigued by what's happening over there that you need to know what's happening. Or you eavesdrop about people because you're intrigued about their lives more than focusing on your own shortcomings and faults. Another sign and symptom is vain and sinful pursuits, and this includes social media. So, for example, your wealth becomes an addiction, and it leads to ostentation, so showing off. You're trying, you want to become superior, want to have the most out of everyone else. And this love of the world also results to you being greedy and arrogant, or even enjoying sinful things or things that will lead you to sinful matters. And you spend so much time on social media just scrolling 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 posting liking commenting just so focused on social media and your intentions maybe they were positive in the beginning like you were liking to support and that sort of thing but later on it just you get distracted and it leads to sinful acts we have then the treatments and the first one is seeking the hereafter so you simply remind yourself that it's a wor- this worldly life is just play and amusement and it can create evilness in people and horrible characteristics like pride, hatred, and jealousy. And so you just always remind yourself that the true objective is to be able to be granted heaven. And you remind yourself that you're going to be asked questions on the day of judgment and you remember death and you realize that you can love things that help you achieve felicity in the hereafter. So love of the Quran, love of your parents, of people who are good, of good company, of people who bring you closer to Allah, and even love of wealth if it's if you're using it for good to give to those who need it. And we have the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, describe the world in the following way. What relationship with the world have I? My likeness is as a traveler on a mount, halting in the shade of a tree for a short while, only to leave it again and proceed along the way. So this is a beautiful analogy and it just reminds us to live in this life as a traveler and just take small breaks, but remember that there's a path that we need to be on and continue on. Another treatment is to use the world as a means to spiritual elevation. So your love of the world, it's there because you need the necessities to live to survive so food housing shelter these will allow you to fulfill your like physical needs like if we think about maslow's hierarchy of needs but it will also lead you to that spiritual elevation because once you fulfilled your like physical needs and your social needs you should be able to focus fully on your spiritual needs And you also realize that your wealth, your education, where you are in society, you can use it for the good. So you can use it to help the needy, to raise awareness to those groups who need that awareness, who people are just ignoring. 
And we have the Prophet ﷺ who said, The world is a prison of the believer and the paradise of the unbeliever. Very strong. Very thought-provoking. So it's just, it's just a reminder that this life is full of tests and it's going to feel... It, it will feel beautiful sometimes. But ultimately, it's almost like a prison for the believers because of the prohibitions, because of the acts of worship, because of so many people who are against us as Muslims, as believers. And for those who don't believe, it's just... They're just simply gliding through life, enjoying what they can. And Imam al-Ghazali also said that the best of what one loves is what will enter one's grave and be a friend to one in it. And I found it to be nothing but good deeds. So I took them as the object of my love, to be a light for me in my grave, to be a friend to me in it, and not to leave me alone. So this is a beautiful reminder that as much as we can love things in this world, the only thing that we're going to take with us into the grave once we're dead is our deeds and even our sins. But we pray that our deeds outweigh our sins. And so that should be our objective in this life is just to accumulate so many good deeds. Another achievement is to value your time, especially in this day and age where social media is at the forefront of things. So we should become mindful of how we're using our time. So when we're on social media, we should hold ourselves accountable at the end of each day thinking, what did I do good today? On social media, did I use it for good or was I trying to be a troll while I was I trying to be a haram police? Did I do something that was blameworthy today? So holding ourselves to account to see how we use the time that God has given us for the best. And we make a better effort to communicate with our family, our friends, our parents, simply even just face-to-face rather than texting. So sometimes out of laziness or just because sometimes it's easier, I'll like message my sister who sat right beside me instead of talking to her. But we should be valuing our time. We should be valuing that time that we have to actually speak to each other face-to-face because who knows in five, ten years' time where she's going to be, where I'm going to be. So just valuing that time that we have with each other face-to-face is very important as well. Another treatment is to seek moderation. So don't live in this life where you're so obsessed with the world where you just want everything, but also don't live in it where you're very sparse and it's almost like you're trying to survive even though you have enough to actually live a good life. So just use it, practice modest, moderately. And another, one last treatment is to express and receive thanks. So expressing gratitude to someone who's done good and don't allow people to praise you for something that you haven't done, but also say thank you to people and don't expect that when you do something to expect someone to say thank you. Like, do it for the sake of Allah and if you get thanks as well alhamdulillah like that's also a blessing and um, the prophet said whoever is not thankful to people will not be thankful to God very wise because if you don't thank people for a simple thing that they've done for you a simple favor then how are you going to thank Allah for all these blessings that he's provided for us how are we going to just express our thankfulness if we don't thank people here and now Some exceptions for love of the world. The first thing is physical needs. So you love this world because you need physical necessities. And so you need these physical necessities to stop being a burden on other people. Another exception is the attaining the best of the hereafter. So you need, you desire provision in this world to help you 
to get the best of the hereafter. And the last exception is to benefit the needy. So you want wealth, you want position to benefit the needy. So that's it from the book. Now for my own reflections. So there's this Islamic tradition where Jesus or Isa also stated that the world is a bridge. So pass over it to the next world, but do not try to build on it. So it's a beautiful reminder that this world is a means for us to get to the next world. And so we should cross it, we should pass by it, but we shouldn't rely on it too much. We shouldn't build things on it, which I thought was beautiful imagery. And so it's important to remember that we can love things in this world if, as the book mentioned, if it brings us closer to the hereafter, if it brings us closer to Allah, if it allows us to accumulate really a lot of good deeds. And we shouldn't vilify or hate this world. So just because love of this world can be a negative emotion or a disease of the heart doesn't mean that we should do the complete opposite and hate this world. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, don't curse the world, for God created the world. And the world is a means to reaching God. So like everything in Islam, practicing moderation. So not loving, loving the world, but not also hating the world. Because God gave us this world, and God gave us this world as a way to reach him, to know him, to love him. Now on to the verses. We have Surah Al-Hadid, verse 20. أَعْلَمُ اعلموا انما الحياه الدنيا لعب وله وزينه وتفاخر وتفاخر بينكم وتكاثر في الاموال والاولاد كمثل غيث اعجب الكفار نباته ثم يهيج فتراه مصفرا ثم يكون هطاما وفي الاخره عذاب شديد ومغفره من الله ورضوان وما الحياه الدنيا الا متاع الغرور know that this world life is no more than play amusement luxury mutual boasting and competition in wealth and children this is like rain that causes plants to grow to the delight of the planters but later the plants dry up and you see them wither then they are reduced to chaff and in the hereafter there will be either severe punishment or forgiveness and pleasure of Allah, whereas the life of this world is no more than the delusion of enjoyment. So this is a beautiful verse, and it just reminds us of how short this life is. So it's giving us this like analogy of a plant. So at the beginning, the rain causes this plant to grow so beautiful, so alive, but then it dries up, and it withers, and it's reduced, and it, it basically dies. And that's how we are as humans almost. So we're born we're fed, we're taught, we're cared for, and then we grow older and older until we become weak and we return to our like f- like feebleness, like babies again, and then we die. And so it's just a reminder of how short this life is, and it's a reminder to reflect and hold ourselves accountable to ask ourselves, have we done enough? Have we focused on what our true purpose in this world is? Because in the hereafter, there's going to either be severe punishment or forgiveness and pleasure of Allah, as this verse mentions. And it mentions how this worldly life is just, it's a delusion of enjoyment. Then we have with verse, uh, Surah Al-Imran, verse 
كل نفس ذائقة الموت وإنما توفون أجوركم يوم القيامة فمن زحزح عن النار وادخل الجنة فقد فاز وما الحياة الدنيا إلا متاع الغرور Every soul will taste death and you will only receive your full reward on the day of judgment. Whoever is spared from the fire and is admitted into paradise will indeed triumph. Whereas the life of this world is no more than the delusion of enjoyment. So again, it's mentioning delusion of enjoyment, how this life is just a delusion and how short this life is because we're all going to die. We're all going to taste death. And if we're spared from hell and we're granted paradise, we're going to rejoice. We're going to be triumphant. And so it's just a reminder that we need to do the best that we can do to reap the full reward on the Day of Judgment. And then lastly, for the verses, we have Surah Taha, verse 131. <laughs> Do not let your eyes crave what we have allowed some of the disbelievers to enjoy, the fleeting splendor of this worldly life, which we test them with. But your Lord's provision in the hereafter is far better and more lasting. So again, a beautiful reminder that sometimes we'll look at people who have maybe more than us and we're craving what they have. But this is, sometimes these things that they have, it's a test for them. And it's just a reminder of this fleetingness of this world of how one day they might have that that blessing and the next they don't because it's all after all a test and it's just a reminder that we shouldn't really crave things or have this envy or want things from people or love this world for simply enjoyment reasons because it's a test at the end of the day and heaven's going to be far better and more lasting as this verse reminds us now with the names of Allah we have Al-Wadud, the most loving. So we can reflect reflect on this name, call upon this name and ask God, Al-Wadud, the most loving, to grant us love of those things that bring us closer to Allah, of the things that will help us spiritually, elevate us spiritually. Then we have Al-Hadi, the guide, and we can call upon this name to ask us to continue to guide us in this world, to protect us from any deception, and to guide us to things that will that, that we can love that will bring us closer to Allah. And the last name is Al-Baqi, the Eternal. And so it's just a reminder and we can call upon this name that when people leave us, when we love things and then they leave us, when things we love leave us or get broken or lost, that Al-Baqi remains. So we can call on those names. Now for that, Bismillah. أسألك لذة النظر إلى وجهك والشوق إلى لقائك في غير ضراء مضرة ولا فتنة مضلة يا الله you are wadud the loving one so we ask for you to see you on the day of judgment to see you in heaven and just to be able to please fill our hearts with love for you and love of things that will bring us closer to you please protect us from the love of this world please protect us from falling into the traps of this world and competing with people and trying to be better and one-up people allow us to be content with all the things that you have granted us allow us to love the blessings that you have provided for us allow us to love the things that will elevate us spiritually ya allah fill our hearts with love for you and for things that will bring us closer to you amin as always anything i said is a reminder to myself first and foremost 
anything incorrect is from myself and all good is from Allah so forgive me for my shortcomings subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shahadu wa la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk glory is to you O Allah and praises to you I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship but you I seek your forgiveness and repent to you I pray that Allah accepts your fast for today alhamdulillah um, speak to you tomorrow inshallah assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu